Hi, this is Hal in Philly. Actually, I'm not in Philly. I'm on the outskirts of Philly in beautiful, just outside of downtown Norristown, Norristown, Pennsylvania. But I call myself Hal in Philly because, well, I grew up in Philly and uh, for all all intents and purposes, I spend a lot of time in Philadelphia and uh, my friends are from Philly and, uh, well, I have a lot of friends in L.A. too. Speaking of L.A., you may have heard of Linda Ronstadt and... uh, I grew up in the 60s, so I grew up having a mad crush on Linda Ronstadt. She, to me, just had the most beautiful voice and was very easy on the eyes as well. Beautiful long brown hair and big brown eyes, and it just made me, it made me melt. The songs she chose and the way she delivered them are without peer. Nobody compares to her. She's not Barbara Streisand. She's not Lady Gaga. She's she's not Shakira. She's not Brenda Lee. She she's Linda Effing Ronstadt. Well, anyway, now we're in the year 2019. Linda Ronstadt has a movie, a documentary that just came out called "The Sound of My Voice," about her her life and her music, and and she comes from a very musical family. And two members of that musical family are the guests on today's Tales of the Road Warriors. Mikey and Petey Ronstadt, the Ronstadt brothers. So we talked about them. We talked about Aunt Linda. They were recently in Ambler, Pennsylvania, which is not about 20 minutes from Norristown, where I live. And they were at Bafo Studios. Uh, the owner, operator, and engineer, Rick Denzine, invited me over, and him and his lovely wife sat in. In fact, they even asked a couple questions during the interview. So so let's just dive right in. This is Hal and Philly talking with Mike and Petey Ronstadt, the Ronstadt Brothers. So uh, if you went to 7-Eleven and bought a scratcher and, and won $2 million right now, what would you do with... No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not asking any oh, well, questions. I, I, would <laughs> I would try to invest it so I could live off of the interest, but that'd be my... I, I would put a million of it in <laughs> OXLC because the dividend's crazy and it's monthly. <laughs> I'd buy a $40,000 bow with at least some of it. Uh Yeah. That'd because be. you're attached at the hip to that cello. Oh, yeah. No, but I'd love to get a nice bow. We're talking. This is Hal in Philly. We're talking to uh, Michael and Petey Ronstadt. Uh, you might recognize the last name. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we also have a studio audience today. Yeah. And I, the studio audience is so small, I actually know both their names. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Rick's shirt is talking directly to me. <laughs> we're not gonna tell we're not gonna tell anyone what his shirt says but you need a bar of soap to wash it off that's with. right we're not yeah. gonna tell anyone that it says fuck you fucking fuck <laughs> because this man is, no no you gotta get this fuck you you fucking fuck it's got oh, two yeah. in there it, it's a rated pg t-shirt but when uh, when the podcast comes out it's just gonna say it says, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. it's going to say, you, 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 <laughs> there's some beeps, you, you, boop, you, you. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you guys do a lot of traveling, uh, uh, this is, by the way, 
Michael and PD are known as the Ronstadt brothers now. Mm-hmm. It used to be the Ronstadt generations. Mm-hmm. Dad passed away in what, 2016? 2016. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Oh. Uh, and I've been watching your YouTube videos, so I've been kind of catching up on some of the stuff you have done. The one thing that sticks in my mind is your version of For What It's Worth. It's, it's a, a good song. It's a great song. Very appropriate. Our version of that came about um, because I couldn't sing it like they sang it. So, But that's yeah. how our versions of every song come around. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I can't put all the cool vocal inflection they do, so I'll just come up with a really cool arrangement, you know? There you go. Well, mm-hmm. that is a really cool arrangement. Thank you. Thank you. Have you met some of the, some of the guys that originally performed that? No. In your no. travels yet? We, we had a close encounter with Stephen Stills, I believe, at a, at a concert in the 90s called Gathering of the Clan. Oh, yeah, yeah. In L.A. Um, we were you know, kids at the time, but uh, my dad used to work at a, before we were around, he worked at a, a music store in Westwood, in, in Los Angeles, called Westwood Music. Yeah, and, I've been in Westwood Music. Yeah, Fred Wallachie's Westwood Music, and his dad owned it before him, and uh, Fred got larynx cancer and had to have his larynx removed, and as health insurance works out, it cost the family a lot of money. Every, so. Everyone came out. I mean, the birds, the original birds, the original eagles, Spinal Tap played. The house <laughs> band was, the house band, I can't, I don't remember everybody who was in the house band, but I know uh, Bernie Ledden and uh, Ry Cooter were the two guitar players in the house band. <laughs> so everybody who came up had those two guys with them, which was pretty cool. So Steven Stills was part of that. You know, Emmy Lou, Linda. Have you seen Echo in the Canyon yet? I have not, but I've keep hearing amazing Ooh, things. Oh, it is amazing. Yeah. I, I watch little bits of it now every night now before I go to bed, just oh, because nice. it's the last thing you hear before you fall asleep. And it's like a lullaby. Oh, it's cool. It's, uh, uh and I hear the soundtrack's unbelievable, too. Yeah. yeah. You'll probably be on volume two of Echo and the Canyon. Oh, that'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact about Westwood Music is because my dad, longtime friend with uh, Fred Wallachie, but his sister, Christine Valevska, is the person who owned my cello beforehand. And you can look up old vinyls of her work, and you can see my cello in the pictures. So, um, yeah, so that that's how I... Got, for all I of, got her for all West of the, Coast cello. Yeah. All of those huh. out in audio land, Mikey is showing his cello to everybody right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you need to get big. something off your cello? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to celebrate. So obviously celebrate. you are from a, a very musical family. I, I'm almost tempted to say, who in the family was not musically inclined? Well, when we're born, we are uh, shown uh, a musical instrument and a microphone, and if we decide not to go that route, they just, you know, that's it. That d- child was not born. No, I'm They just put you in a basket and <laughs> yeah, put you I down know. in the river and hope to- Put this one up for adoption. Hope you get adopted by <laughs> the, the king of Egypt. If you can't clap in rhythm as a yeah. baby, you're done. <laughs> that's a bad sign. No, there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of music in the family, and our, uh, there are different branches of the Ronstadt family, as all families have. Um, my, our grandfather's, brother edward had 12 kids so they have a large branch of the family and they have kind of held on to the large family gatherings once a month and those are always fun to attend because everybody sings you know not everybody obviously not everybody there's only a small handful of us that actually pursue music professionally and i think we're the only touring component of the ronstadt family right now primarily i mean we 
It's uh, yeah. Now tell me a little bit about this latest uh, tour that you're on now. Tell me some of the cities you've you've been hitting and like this this particular tour. Yeah, what do you got lined up today? That's Redding, it. Pennsylvania. This Reading, Pennsylvania. <laughs> this is a one off. Yeah, oh, this is a one off. Okay. I, I played a solo gig. I don't know where yesterday at a winery. Right, um, just you, yeah. you know to add a little. You know, and extra. Yeah, you and don't I don't even know a, where you were. And then you were in Cincinnati. I was playing or, a, in Milford, Ohio, playing a jazz gig, backing up someone last night. So and, so I, we, and I have a show in Tucson tomorrow night. So yeah. <laughs> so these guys they they tour so much. Like from one day to the next, they don't even know where they are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, I, I know I was in Pennsylvania, and I know it was near Reading. But you guys have so many towns. You know, like I I could probably spit into the next town. You know, it's it's. Which begs the question, where do you call home? Oh, that's... Well, Petey lives in Tucson, Arizona. That's our hometown. And I'm the wayward child. I went to Cincinnati, then Philadelphia for a while, and then back to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. how, how long did you live here in Philadelphia for? About five About years, five years, kind oh, of, okay. yeah. Maybe six years. But I, I got to meet people like... Our good audience here, Rick Denzine and Deborah Lee, and uh, met so many wonderful people that I keep coming back. See, I told you they could name all the audience members. Mm -hmm. By the way, we have a live studio audience here, Rick Denzine and Deborah Lee. Do we have any questions from the audience? I got a question. Wait, Rick has a question. Okay. All right. When you guys were growing up. Got to get on the oh, mic here. Right. I got to get on the mic. Okay. Uh, I'll do this. That'll be so when you guys were growing up mm -hmm. and you did like bad kid things, like really bad kid did Aunt Linda come in and go, You're no good, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, baby, you're no good. That that would have been perfect. We would have liked that. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I hate to say it, but we were like in our uh, of course our, our our folks aren't around to attest this, but we were pretty well behaved kids. And pretty vanilla young kids too, you know. I can't imagine a uh, guy plays acoustic guitar and another one with a cello getting any like really major league trouble. Well, you know, the acoustic guitar came around. I'm a bass player by trade, so bass players are, are trouble anyways, but um, <laughs> because we hang out with drummers a lot. Um, Can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. But when somewhere during high school, I started playing the guitar because I was starting to write songs. And so I went to indie rock, which led me into punk rock and hardcore. So I was, you know, I, I was not playing much acoustic guitar until I started playing with my dad and Mikey and all that kind of fun stuff. So, yeah, I was I'd writing be, a lot. Of I'd be in but, my room listening in the, to his band practice their screams. Hmm. <laughs> and as a, a musician being trained in the classical world and also improvising, doing a lot of like uh, mariachi music and South American uh, Andean folk music, I just... I couldn't take it. I was laughing because they're like, no, no, do it this way. And then they'd scream really loud. It's like, no, no, if you do this way, it, you know, but you know, I respected the fact that you have to scream a, a certain way to not hurt yourself. Can't hurt and yourself, they figured yeah. it out. And, but I was the irreverent one laughing at it. And he didn't know, you didn't know that. That's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, the truth comes out <laughs> you know. here on tales uh -huh. of the road. Warrior. <laughs> So yeah. speaking of road warriors, do you guys mostly drive to your gigs? Do you do, you do any flying? I flew. We flew. We both flew to this one. Yeah, um, this gig actually had a little more of a budget, thankfully. Um, thank you to Linda Ronstadt, our aunt, for uh, making a movie. Who yeah. <laughs> wanted? Who required? Yeah, there's a movie and coming PD's out. He's in the movie, so called, it's even better. well. Spoiler alert! But yes, this movie happened 
and it's playing at the Reading Film Festival, and they thought a good way to cap the movie was to have us come play a concert and to do a Q&A, which is slightly odd because we had nothing to do with the movie itself or her career, but that's okay. We can answer questions. All I'm going to say is, well, Petey was in the movie, so he can answer all your questions. All my questions. I heard you're (laughs) at the end of the movie doing a a concert with Linda or a song. Yeah, just a song. Yeah. In a living room. It's, and my cousin Bobby's in there and he's, uh, it's a, it's a movie worth seeing. It's very touching. There's a lot of great people in it. Um, being interviewed. Most of it, most of the movie is comprised of, uh, concert footage of, her career and it's amazing uh, the amount of footage and the breadth of what yeah, she was uh, able to accomplish throughout her career. I've so. I've heard some things. I, I have friends have seen it already. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I have a lot of friends in LA and uh-huh. they're connected. So yeah. when you travel, mm-hmm. do you have any problems getting your guitar on the airlines? Have you had any incidents where your guitar or cello got wrecked or crushed? Any, any nothing, nothing drastic yet. <laughs> Um, I almost yet. had uh, my my neck on the cello the last time I ever did not buy a seat. Yeah, we buy a seat for um, Mikey's cello. It, it gets it gets it, the prime neck treatment. came like separated halfway uh-huh. once, and luckily it was only a four hundred dollar repair, not what it could have been. So uh, that was the worst I've ever had. But that scared me enough to always buy a seat for my cello. Mm-hmm. But the guitar fits in the overhead. Yeah, although I fly usually with a guitar and a banjo, so I check one. And even though I should check my banjo, because who cares about a banjo? I do. I have a nicer flight case for the guitar, so I check the guitar and I carry on the banjo. Does it make you nervous when you get to the airport? Oh, yeah, stuff? yeah. I just like got, every time? I just got. I, I just took my guitar in for a refret, and I said, refret it. There's a little crack in the back from when it fell off that strap and blah, blah, blah. And I went to pick it up, and he's like, well... You also had a whiplash crack in your neck or in your headstock. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, you need to really stuff stuff underneath the headstock when you check it into an airplane because none of the baggage guys are going to gently set your thing down. And even though it's in this relatively crush resistant case, that whiplash of it hitting the belt and there's nothing behind the headstock. So just that little that constantly will cause. So I had to have a whiplash crack repaired recently. So, but that's the worst of it, you know. Yeah. Most most of the problems with my guitar happen with microphones falling on it on stage, yeah. you know. You know, I almost had a cymbal yeah. fall on my cello once at a gig, hmm. and and uh, it missed it by maybe two inches. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> it was yeah. like, but I mean, those. I mean, it just near happens. misses. Yeah, Yay, and that's... then then you get the one that hits, and you're like, oh, spice of life. Oh, yeah. But on this flight, you know. Often, I always sit next to a window if I can, um, and I don't purposely sit where I can see the guys loading the bags, but oftentimes I do. Kind of try to And uh, then I get my camera out and I watch them, you know, and nothing ever happens while I'm watching them. But If you see someone screaming wildly at a window, as you know as musicians, right. going, you yeah. know, scream very loudly, like inappropriately while things are being unloaded, it's probably a musician looking at their guitar right about to fall off the edge. Yeah, know. and the reason the reason I went off on a tangent here is because I'm going to do an episode about like airline horror mm. stories. So yeah. I, I just wanted to I wanted to ask before I forgot to ask you that. Yeah, because I want to get back to Linda. Was she a big influence on you, or, or your your dad mostly, or a combination of both? Our, our dad was probably the bigger influence on us musically. Um, you know, it wasn't even until I don't know, the last 10 years, 
I remember sitting down with Linda and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh my God, you're Linda Ronstadt. You know, like I, I got that, you know, but she was always just my aunt growing up. She was just, you know, and it was cool. She did really cool music. We went to some really cool concerts, you know, but Mikey got to play it one or two of them. Um, but it was just your aunt, you know, you see her on stage and you're like, oh, please don't embarrass me. That yeah, how old thing. were you when you first had that awareness? Like this is Linda Ronstadt. I, I remember a show that we went to where she was double billing with James Taylor mm. and we were backstage and I was pretty young, but I knew who James Taylor was and I kind of, I remember feeling the gravity of that situation as a young kid before I even, you know, solid ideas of being a professional touring musician. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, didn't quite know what I was hearing, but I, mm. I knew that you James knew Taylor was song. big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember it was probably in my mid twenties when I really like my interactions with her. I don't want to say they changed, but I definitely shifted to listen a lot more to what she has to say and right. don't interject as much as I probably previous did because she's brilliant and she has a lot to say about the industry and a lot to say about life and a lot to say about politics and a lot to say about things. And she's well read and I can learn a lot from her. So that's, right. that's one thing. Now, I promised shifted. myself before, I got here together with you guys mm -hmm. that I was not going to ask a lot of questions about Linda or your relationship with Linda because in your travels, you're going to be doing so many podcasts and answering these same questions mm. over and over again. So I want to respect that. And I also want to have some original content here. I have an original story that relates to Linda and it's about the road. So this might be a great little nugget yeah. before we get off the Linda train. Let's hear it. Uh, so Linda has a couple adopted kids, Carlos and Mary, and um, they're in their mid-20s now. And uh, at one point, I learned this sitting chatting with Carlos, and maybe... Uh, <laughs> I remember, yeah. Well... <laughs> this made me upset and happy at the same time. So he was, he, was, oh. he was telling me a story about sitting backstage, side stage, while... And this was towards the end of her singing career, so this was like early... 2000 aughts, you know, 2002, 2003, something like that, because I think she stopped singing in 2004. Yeah. And uh, he was sitting side stage and they were launching into Blue Bayou. And uh, he said he was sitting on a rack as a kid, you know, he was middle schooler maybe at the time, dangling his legs. And he said he kicked something. And he's not 100% sure that this was his fault, but he kicked something and all the PA just went down, like all the monitors, the front, you know, everything went out. And, and Linda, she just sang through it, you know, nobody stopped, you know, and at that point, I think she was touring with a bunch of acoustic musicians. So on stage, they just kept playing and they just, they just, you know, like nothing happened, you know, PA came back, you know, he, he kind of disappeared into the wings and <laughs> crowds scrambling, you know, <laughs> looking for what's going on, <laughs> get things back on. But he, he said he never told her that story. So Carlos, you know, I hope I don't get you in trouble. Man. She well, knows you know, now, Carlos. See, <laughs> I, I had not heard that. And I thought you were just going to bring up the time that we heard he got to sit and jam with Carlos Santana. Oh, yeah. And then I cool kept too. thinking, I'm like, little punk got yeah. to play with Santana. And, you know, yeah. why would they didn't invite me from, you know, across Linda, the country? If you're <laughs> listening. <laughs> It was Carlos's fault. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was Some great. people say there's a woman to blame, but <laughs> it's we Carlos. all know it was <laughs> Carlos's fault. It's the great thing about, you know, all the little things that happen on the road. You know, people think it's like such a, a glamorous thing. And there are times where it's very glamorous, but 
I would say the overwhelming majority of the time it's problem solving and driving a car and yeah. not waiting panicking, for you know. not panicking, yeah. waiting for airlines to show up and you know hoping your bag gets there, hoping your guitar gets there. Yeah, yeah, it's a a, a whole series of Plan B. Yes, Plan B. Do you do mostly Peter's stuff or Michael's stuff, or you write? together like Lennon McCartney what do you we don't write a lot together although currently we are in the very early stages of conceiving an album that we yeah. were commissioned to do so we we're going to do that one together nice and hopefully we'll be out sometime this next year we wrote early on there's there's one piece that we rarely you know play it's i think it's called walk around yeah. Oh wow! And and that was an early one that we wrote together. I'm not going to start requesting it because you just told yeah, me I know. It's, yeah. It's 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 a simple tune, but it's really catchy and it's got and five it's, words to it. So I'm excited about this new work that mm. we're writing. It's 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 going to be a fun one. For Sounds good. Yeah. Now I, this is a question for you, Michael. Um, I've been listening for the last two days to Foolish Fox, the new uh, video you have out. Oh yeah. yeah, that is so good. That is a work of art. Oh, thank you. And uh, the filmmaker, what's his name? Um, Adam Ingram Perry. Adam Ingram Perry. Um, a fantastic job. He's yeah, he's a true artist with with video, and that's his degree. And yeah. I met him because this band that I sit in with called Common Center has a violinist, and that's her boyfriend. And Look. so he said, "I'd like to do a video," and the price was right. It, you know, I got out through that without spending a thousand dollars. It was a little less, but it was worth it. I wanted what, to do what? one. Good I, I have a friend who spent ten thousand dollars on a video that doesn't come close to the. That's what that. That's not just. How do I explain this? It should. It should win an award. It's artistic. Like it. It's uh, the marriage of the music and the video itself is fantastic oh well i you know i'm sure I'll, I'll i'll tell him to listen so he can <laughs> adam it's time to raise your rates exactly <laughs> yeah well he's it so is, he's uh. so good and when he you know when he came to me with that i was i checked out his work and i'm like okay and he said that's not that's old stuff it's not my best and i said well this is amazing i want to see what your best is yeah but and you I can tell just, he had a vision with it yeah we met we had a storyboard we 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 put yeah, it together. Cool. I walked around Cincinnati as a vagabond cellist, kind of how I usually dress. Like and uh, the hat. <laughs> so it was good. You know, it was it was really nice. So you, if you watch the video, you can see all these places in Cincinnati. And yeah, well, I'll be sure to put a link to that in my yeah. show notes because every every episode, you know, I have show notes on the website. Mm -hmm. So link to anything we talk about. Thank anything you, you want yeah. me to? Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, be happy. Although well, a lot of people when they listen to podcasts. They never go to the website, even sure. no matter how many times you tell them go yeah. to the show notes page. It's a tell you know tells of the road warriors dot com slash probably Ronstadt Brothers. But. Yeah, well you know, and the other thing too, Petey played guitar on that track, on the Foolish Fox track here in this studio. He recorded it and um, right here. Yeah, I recorded uh -huh. most of my guitar parts. But on that one, I asked Petey to play on it. So. I just happened to be here. Yeah. Sleep deprived. All right. Well, yeah. that means the engineer is in the room too, yeah. right? Rick, hey. Well, do you have anything you want to add, Rick? I'll give you a little shout out to Rick Denzine. A, a fun, a fun uh, Rick story here. When Generations was still kicking, that's a good travel story too. Uh, 2012, we did our album Prelude. 
And the way we did that record was I rehearsed. We had guys that we played with in Tucson. Mikey wasn't in Tucson. So we had these songs picked out more than we needed for a record. I think we picked out 18 songs or something like that. And I rehearsed the guys and we all went in the studio on one weekend. We got all the tracks down that was everything but Mikey and final final vocals. Or maybe we did some, my dad and I did some final vocals. And then my dad and I got in a plane and we flew out here. And the next morning, I think we were here and we did all of Mikey's cello tracks in one day on the 12 or 13 that we did for the the cello tracks and my vocals and we did some vocals and we recorded one song live in studio um the mill mill, was made of marble yeah and then we did like a two-week tour and then we flew back to tucson my dad and i flew back to tucson we finished the album put it out so you know sometimes that was a long day you guys burned the candle at both ends it's really nice the, the the technology of being able to email a tracks across the country and but man there's there's nothing better than oh, yeah. the the core or the nucleus or the the brain trust of the band all being in the room at the same time making those decisions so we could have sent those tracks off to Mikey and it felt really cool like this is the hard drive with the project on it you know it's like it took me back to like people carrying tapes you know like these are these are the two inch tapes you know (laughs) you got to store these you know so now would you like to do a little selfish self-promotion what do you got coming up well you know so uh, i just wanted to also add that when pd and i are performing as ronstadt brothers we we may not have a lot of co-writes together but we do share the the singing load Mm -hmm. Um, and so the arrangements most often are unique to this combination so whether it's my song take my words or foolish fox or one of pd's songs bull of dust or go down the list we we try to add our unique perspective and then being related we i almost feel like you can't go wrong even if you're out of tune you're just out of tune together Mm -hmm. so that's uh there you go yeah yeah. (laughs) out of sync maybe yeah yeah yeah, it's fun the way the so Ronstadt Brothers is often just me and Mikey, but most often it's me, Mikey, and our drummer, who we like to say is a drummer from another mother. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always say it wrong. He's uh, yeah. he's uh, a guy named Aaron Emery, uh, who's from Bangor, Maine, and uh, Aaron Emery Ronstadt. Yeah, Aaron Emery <laughs> Ronstadt. Yeah, he's um, and he's amazing. Uh, he played with the Los Tucsonenses, Ronstadt Generations, Los Tucsonenses in Tucson for years. And in 2016, he decided he was going to go, you know, hit the LA scene. So he's living in Hollywood these days. So it's weird having a band with three people who all live in different cities, but it's fun because when we get together, it's like, ah, you know, stretch this out, you know, and and Mikey's got his master's degree in cello performance. Aaron's got his master's degree in percussion performance i don't know he's classical and jazz classical i think it's just classical percussion or whatever but he's one of the best drummers and i got my degree in punk rock bands so um (laughs) it's fun it's fun getting on stage with two guys that are like you know intellectual musicians and me trying to go Ooh, what are they gonna uh, hold on for this ride but Uh oh i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) yeah no it's it's good no pd is uh the intellectual musician who did all the studying on his own mm-hmm. because if you ask him about any topic he knows about um he can go into much yeah. much i can depth. relate because yeah. I'm, I'm mostly self-taught yeah and i find myself because nobody's telling me what to do i kind of drive myself even harder i think mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. sure to learn this stuff this is my last question 
who should I talk to next and what should I ask them? Oh. Ooh. Who should you talk to next? I bet I bet Sparky and Rhonda Rucker yes. would have amazing tales for you from decades of being on the road as a couple that plays blues and folk music and uh they're just cool people in general. They got great stories about everything. Yeah, Sparky, Sparky, Sparky and Ronda Rucker. Oh yeah, I mean they're 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 the real deal. They, Sparky, they, Sparky and Ronda Rucker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they're they're in Tennessee though. And if you're looking for somebody closer, Guy Davis would be another guy that I would say would has great stories. Of the, the last road. guy I talked to was in Denmark. So oh, okay, there you they, go. They can be anywhere. It can be anywhere. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Sparky learned from all the well-known Mississippi style blues guitar player, musician, songwriters, yeah. wow. you know, like the ones that you read about in the history books. He learned from them and he should be in the history books right, himself. Yeah. Add Sparky and Rhonda to, to the list. Yeah. Who, who was the other one? Guy? Guy Davis. Guy Davis. He's, he's the son of Aussie Davis and Ruby D. And he's a great blues musician out of, uh, I, I want to say he lives in New York City, but he's, um, you know, they're all, they're, they're all road warriors. So they got, they got mm. great stories. And we all we all know each other from a festival in Maryland that we all go to, and we're all there for a week. So you know we've spent years, one week at a time, just sharing road stories. You know, yeah. it's fun. I think Deborah Lee has her hand up. Deborah Lee, do you have a question? Petey has his own recording studio in Tucson, and it's very cool. We've been there, so I thought maybe he could speak to that. You know, it's always ha nice to have a place to come home to, and it, uh, Tucson is a great place to come home to, but Tucson with a recording studio is a better place to come home to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. But you come all the, all the way out here to Philadelphia to record, or Ambler. Yeah, I don't like recording myself. Right. It's I like recording other people. It's a pain to record yeah. yourself. Plus, when you can come here and get Rick to engineer it and, and yeah. oversee it, oversee the project. I do have a special... I have, in the studio... It's not my piano, but I have I have Linda's piano that came out of her house when she sold her house in Tucson, and it's being parked at my studio until it finds a better home, which I'm hoping is never, and uh, because it sounds unbelievably amazing, yeah. and mm -hmm. it's had so much good juju played into it, you know, whether oh, it's Jackson oh, Brown yeah. or Nelson Riddle or whoever was sitting on that piano over the years, you know. So it's it's called Landmark Sound Recorders. Landmark Sound Recorders, Tucson, Arizona beautiful space um i think pd's one of the top engineers in the country mm. so i think you know Thank there's you. I, nice i'm in, i'm in a room with two of the top engineers in the country <laughs> in my personal opinion you know, because i've recorded a lot of places and i i think that the sensibility if of anyone um, would know yeah you would cool, I, I, I hope so the cool <laughs> thing about uh the recording studio that i have or the space that we're in now is me and my uh, my studio partner, um, Sam Egan, uh, who we worked in a music store together for years and he's a bass player. He plays in, he played in Los Tucsonenses. He plays in my band currently, which I call the company, um, outside of the Rosset brothers. I had to have a local band again because I have to play all the time. Um, <laughs> Does Michael know about this? That you're yeah, seeing another he's, band he's, on the side? I've he's, been seeing uh, other bands forever, so you know. <laughs> he's 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 played in my my you know it's every played, every once in a while he comes into town and it's like hey Mikey I need a bass player tonight you want to play some bass, bass or, I just sat back and played I need an electric guitar harmony. player tonight you want to play oh, some I electric guitar fun, so yeah. <laughs> anytime I I can make Mikey not have to pull out his cello or fly <laughs> out with his cello you know but mm -hmm. but yeah Sam and I uh, we started we we rented a rehearsal space we rented an empty place and made it into a rehearsal space with a recording studio in it and then all six of the bands that 
we collectively were involved with rehearse there and we never did much recording. We did a lot of rehearsing, but we had the studio that we put together. So we moved it into a, a shed that was eight by 13. It was essentially a, a control room that the two of us could fit in and we'd go out and do location recordings and come back to that shed. And then Sam started renting a house from his grandfather and that he was living in. And there was this shop in the back and we're like, Oh, this would be a cool studio. So we turned that into a studio and then, we need a control room. So we busted through one of the walls into another room and put a window in there and made a control room. And then we built some ISO booths. And then we ended up with this piano and we're like, we need a piano room. Sam's mm-hmm. like, it's okay. I'll go run another place. We'll just turn this into the studio. So it's almost like a Ikea, just, uh, you know, just build this, yeah, <laughs> add this, add this. And, and, and yeah. Sam can build anything. He's a carpenter and, oh, uh, okay, you know, nice. he builds drums, you know, he's, he's a, he's a man that will never be without a job because he can go anywhere. I have to take world. that back because anybody who builds stuff with their hands does not want to be compared with Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, although, you know, some, what it is, it's yeah. funny, Sam, when he was first remodeling that house to not be a studio, but to be a, a livable house, <laughs> he went to Ikea to look at all these cool space saving ideas and then he went back and just you know built things Ah, of much higher quality you know but using that same type of oh this is a cool idea with these doors that go into here and these pocket doors that do this and (laughs) so he's like a guy that can look at something and go ah that's that has really cool elements of it i'm going to incorporate that into what i built he's got an eye for yeah (laughs) yeah good people sounds good well i've got to thank you guys for you know doing this and and talking to me our pleasure i know you're heading off one Remind us, you're going to Reading, the Reading Film Festival? We're playing the Reading Film Festival tonight, uh, which is, uh, I think we have a 6.30 show. The it's movie's it's November 3rd for anyone listening. Yeah, <laughs> so in the past, if you can have a time machine yeah. and go backwards, we'll be at the Reading Film Festival. Uh, no, he's he's in, uh, in, in the, California, in happily working away yeah. in a drum department at SIR. He... Uh, We'll hopefully get him out to this part of the country again in July, maybe? July or April. April. We, we have a tour coming up in the East Coast. Well, going into Virginia a little bit, too. Um, so East Coast, Coast-ish. But we're, we're doing a Ronstadt Brothers tour, which we've done. This will be the second year of this type of tour. And that's going to be When April. does that begin? Okay. It, end of April. April. End of April. And then we'll be back again because we're going to Common Ground on the Hill in Maryland again in July, which is usually right at the front end of july so we'll be there for a week and then we'll put some things on each side but it's uh yeah so anybody out there who needs has a venue and you need some ronstadt brothers there you need some stories about sure the living room will have you back because they're always uh, oh we we haven't done ronstadt brothers at the living room so so we we all know we've done ronstadt brothers in my living room yeah in pd's (laughs) living room and and, yeah. and a lot of living rooms, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just not on, you know. Well, I'll put the word out. Anybody that has house concerts that wants to book an amazing act, the Ronstadt Brothers, Michael and Petey. Or if you run a 500-seat theater, we'll be happy to go play there, We'd too. Yeah, happy. so do they go to their website to contact Yeah, ronstadtbrothers.com. We got that going on. Michael yeah. also has michaelronstadt.com. And you have Peter. And I have peteronstadt.com. Yeah. So. There's no excuse for not finding them now. We're easy. We just gave you three ways to get a hold of them <laughs> for your house concert or venue owners. It's time to book these guys because they're happening. And if you yeah. need a destination place to go in Tucson to record your record, you can see the pictures of my studio on PeterRonset.com. You know? Yeah, he's recorded. I got a house you can stay in. You know, on tons of like all the drums and bass on Foolish Fox, the album. That's courtesy of PD's studio. And uh, 
He recorded an album recently for me and percussionist Will Clipman, which is just cello and percussion, and I can't wait to put that out. So it's, it's wild. It's, it's wild. You know, it's like the cello percussion version of a DMT trip. So yeah. it's, if you uh, need that. Yeah. So yeah, it's so you'll hear some work from that studio. So we, I recommend going there. One disclaimer of the studio: my assistant engineer is three and a half. So, but she's great. She's uh, good for. Uh, distractions and levity and all that fun stuff <laughs> well okay and and in time she actually probably will be your assistant oh, for yeah. real oh, yeah. well no she's gonna take over everything <laughs> she's gonna <laughs> see her at dance class it's like she's determined to rule she's this world leave her the legacy oh, yeah. <laughs> all right once again thank oh, yeah. you and uh, thanks for tuning in to tales of the road warriors everyone subscribe wherever you are well that was pete ronstadt telling you you better subscribe so i guess you better and while you're there, go to uh, talesoftheroadwarriors.com slash ronstadt-brothers. And that's where you'll find the show notes and links to everything that we talked about, including the page where you can subscribe to the newsletter. So you can keep up to date on all things that have to do with Tales of the Road Warriors. Well, that's it. I'm going for a drive. <laughs>